guys, welcome back. Today we're going to read chapters 6 and 7. Hopefully we'll get to see if Deli finds her surpresent. They walked all over town seeking the surpresent. They went to the river and looked for packages, wrapped or unwrapped, floating down it. They checked the garbage cans at the nicest houses around, but there was no surpresent tingle, not even a twitch. Deli sent RB to knock on Mabel Silcox's door. You baking something today, Miss Silcox? he inquired she wasn't. They stopped at the debt barn twins. Julius and Sissy were sitting on the stoop with a shoebox between them. What you got? Deli asked. They showed her the mouse their cat brought home, still alive. They put it in the box with a washcloth for a blanket and some peanut butter to eat. You want it? They asked Deli. She thought about the fun she could have with that mouse in Galveston. She closed her eyes and waited for the tingle to tell her this was her surpresent. It didn't come. No, but thanks, she answered. R.B. and Deli sat on the steps of St. Eunice's Church with their hands folded and their eyes raised to heaven for ten whole minutes, but nothing happened. This is a mysteriosity, Deli sighed. They ate lunch at the church. R.B. had stuck a jar of grape jelly and a loaf of bread in his backpack. Knife? Deli asked. He shook his head. Water? He shrugged, so they ate giant hunks of jelly on bread sandwiches. Their teeth and tongues turned slimy purple with white chunks. Where are we going now? Arby asked when they were done. She thought for a second. To the IGA, she told him, and they took off down the street. The corner in front of the IGA was the busiest spot in town. If something special came to River Bluffs, it was sure to pass that place. They parked themselves on the sidewalk by the front door and waited. The IGA is actually like a grocery store. Um, they used to be around in a lot of small towns, but um, you don't see them a whole lot anymore. But it was boring just sitting there. Deli got an idea to pass the time. I'm going to teach you how to spit, she told him. Yay, Arby clapped. Watch, she said. She hacked up a goober and sent it flying down the sidewalk. It landed with a splat. It was purple with white chunks in it. Wow, Arby said. Now you do it, she directed him. He puckered up and moved his mouth back and forth. Deli gazed down the walk, watching for the splatter. Instead, she heard a tit 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 behind her. She felt a mist of spit on her face. Hey, she shouted. Not tit Not through your teeth. Like this. She hacked up another one. It left her lips, then splat. Your mouth a spitzuka, she told him. Arby nodded. He got a giant goober on his tongue, and his mouth exploded. It was big and purple. It went more up than out, but it landed with a whap, sending saliva in every direction. Nice, Deli said, and Arby glowed. Then, it was spit fireworks at the IGA. Those two were so busy perfecting their spit skills, they didn't notice people trying to get by without getting splattered. Clayton Fitch turned them in. You got those little Pattinsons outside spitting purple at everybody, he tattled to Norma the cashier. Norma looked out the window and two purple spitballs sailed by. And there was Mabel Silcox, all 80 years of her, trying to jump out of their way. Deli, Norma scowled. She ran to the window and banged on it. Deli was too busy to hear her. Norma was yelling now, things like, calling the police and jail time. She was so loud, R.B. heard her through the glass. Deli, he told his sister, you better look. So she did. 
but by then, Norma was shooting out the door of the IGA like she'd been blasted out of a bazooka herself. Deli Pattinson, she shouted, I'm taking you to Verena. Deli heard her, heard that. RB, she yelled, run. The three of them raced down the walk with Norma howling, stop those Pattinsons. Suddenly, the air was filled with a strange song. It was metal squeaking and something creaking, rubber thumping and something else bumping. It was coming straight at them. They all stopped running and turned to it. That's when Deli got the tingle, bigger and stronger than ever. My sir, present, she breathed. Chapter 7 Five minutes before, the green Impala with the trailer behind it had turned off the highway onto River Bluffs Road. The car's brakes squeaked every time they got tapped. One wheel whomp whomped as it went around. Wind got into the trailer and made a wailing whistle as it passed through. On their own, each of those sounds might rub an ear raw, but together they made a song, a sad song of things gone wrong and barely hanging on. The green Impala, with the trailer behind it, squeaked and whomped into town. It passed the debt barns yelling, Mouse for sale! and silenced them with the song. It screeched by the park, and the kids on the basketball court quit playing. Finally, the green Impala with the trailer behind it squealed toward the stop by the IGA. By the time Deli saw it, she was tingling to her toes. It was the surprisant coming at her so loud she couldn't miss it. She forgot about Norma. She walked to the curb and waited. I was worried, she whispered, but you're here. She closed her eyes. Better than ten pans of brownies, she told herself. Better than a new sister to replace Galveston, she could tell by the tingle. She felt the heat of the car beside her. She opened her eyes and gazed into the green Impala. It's, she exclaimed as she searched the front seat. It's, she said, scanning the back. Then she muttered, what the glub? The back of the car was empty. Up front, a man was driving, and in the seat nearest to Deli was a boy. A pale, skinny one with short hair. He was hunched over, wearing a too-big t-shirt. It's nothing, she mumbled. The tingling was so strong, though, it was shaking her. You got to be here somewhere, she insisted. She searched again. But there was nothing close to us a present in that car. There was nothing that said, See, Deli, after all the trouble, here's something good. There's still hope for you. She felt her hope leaving. No, she rasped. The no joined the rumble of the car, so no one heard it. Except the boy. He glanced over at her. After Deli only remembered his eyes, they were blue like ice with sad stories frozen inside. They made her shiver. The boy turned away. Then the green Impala with the trailer behind it whomped and whistled through the stop over the bridge and out the river road. Deli stood at the curb blinking. Every time she closed her eyes, she saw the boy's blue ones. Deli, R.B. tugged on her. Huh? You ready to go? Because here comes Norma. With the song gone, Norma was blasting off again. You stay right there, she shouted. Run! Deli yelled. They sprinted full speed, no stops, all the way home. They dashed to Deli's room and dove behind the bed. Del, RBS, still gulping air. Huh? Was that your surprisant? Took her a second to answer. No, she told him. Then she hollered so the world would know it. That was not my surprisant. All right, and that's the end of chapter seven. So, hope to see you guys back to join me for chapters eight and nine.